Nobody wants to be in Queensland anyway. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. Welcome to TJF, my my horror movie podcast. How I, you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be talking about horror movies because uh, people I usually record with don't particularly like horror movies. So. Ugh. Yuck. I know. It's horrible people. Who who are these people? Let's uh, Ashley Hobley. Let's name them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I should get him on the show. <laughs> I forced him and to just be him terrified. <laughs> I've I've been able to force him to watch horror movie stuff before by uh, him losing bets and uh, me getting to pick oh, movies fantastic. but you know like he's just like who doesn't like horror movies like and I mean the slight tangent but he's always like why do people he's one of those people who's like why would you like to watch something that like scares you and i'm like you don't that is the whole point of horror movies it's a roller coaster ride that's why you watch them that's why you watch yeah. them yeah <laughs> i personally watch for the blood and guts but <laughs> yeah i mean everyone has their own uh kicks i guess <laughs> you know what um what movies have you actually gotten him to watch um i mean look his his horror movie quota was so bad that when we when we was able to get him to watch Silence of the Lambs, that was considered a like what? even a step up. Yeah, I know. Like we're we're in like we're in a full on horror movie podcast. So I'm sure that's not like you know that's not really a horror movie, but even that was considered a uh, you know a step into the unknown kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I did get him to watch uh, Devil's Rejects, which is Ooh, one awesome. of my favorites. Yeah, I don't think he was yeah, that big of a great fan. Choice. Yeah, but. Um, I can't remember if there was anything else. I think I, I don't think there's many. It's like they're the only two I can think of. So, oh, Scream! <laughs> we got him to watch Scream. Scream as well. Oh, yeah. Scream's very tame, though. It is very tame, and also I don't think you appreciate it as much as a movie uh, for all it's like making fun of horror tropes, which it does on purpose. If you're not like a horror movie fan, so it's like I don't know if it works if you don't like horror movies. But if you don't know the tropes, you can't yeah. make those connections. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, before our tangent, I was actually going to ask you to please introduce yourself. Yeah. horror fans. Probably should do that, hey? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> my name's <laughs> Dylan Blight, and uh, I'm from the Explosion Network, explosionnetwork.com. We do a whole bunch of podcasts and write the reviews and write the previews and do the Twitch streams sometimes. You know, the whole, the whole thing, um... And that's that's my spiel. That's enough of a spiel, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's been, that gave us all the information that we need. Yeah. <laughs> Success. <laughs> but um, everybody that I have spoken to have, well, have told me to talk with you about movies because they see you as like the person, the go-to person for movies. So. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to us chatting about. Oh, um, take that now. That's that's pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there's pressure coming in. <laughs> oh, there is. Oh, <laughs> there's heaps. I actually told Betson that he's my that you know he was the first episode, and he was just like, "Oh, holy shit, that's pressure." And I was like, "No, nah, dude, I absolutely cracked up last night editing our episode." So, it's um, it, you know, I didn't realize that I have a sense of humor, so. <laughs> What? Until I listen to myself. It's podcaster's <laughs> journey. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, 
Um, the movie that you have chosen is actually my first ever horror movie that I remember watching. So um, the thing we do with uh, TGIF is that you are going to introduce um, A Nightmare on Elm Street as if people who are listening have never watched the movie before. Okay. So you need to do that. I can do that. So A Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street is basically about the boogeyman or like a version of the boogeyman because it's about people going to sleep, in this case teenagers, and when they go to sleep, they start dreaming as you do, but they get haunted by a man named Freddy Krueger who, if he kills you in your dream, will kill you in real life and they need to figure out a way to stop him. So really the movie takes like the... The, I can't remember the actual word. You know, like when you are uh, uh, sleep paralysis like type thing where you, you have like really... Yeah, like lucid dreaming. Yeah, lucid dreaming. Like I always think that this is... I always think Nightmare on Elm Street has to be based on like sort of lucid dreaming type worst case scenario stuff because and, and even rewatching it now, that's all I could uh, think about recently when I, when I did it because I've had those before and that's like this is like the worst case scenario of that. It's like what if you, you had a lucid dream and you wake up... And uh, instead of just being paralyzed with fear and like seeing creepy stuff, because I've had that, like I've had where I've woke up and I've seen creepy things happening and whatever, yeah. and I'm screaming or whatever. But this movie's like, what if all that, but the guy who's chasing you can actually just like slice your throat and, and kill you? So, yeah. Yeah. Freddy like, Krueger as my sleep paralysis dream, like <laughs> demon is probably my worst nightmare. Yeah. And, like I love Freddy as a character. But, like, I just wouldn't want to wake up and see him, like, you know, up on my desk, like, hunched over with his claws and I can't move. And, you know, it's just... Yeah, no thanks. That's a... Fuck that. I, I pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's what... I guess that's the, the, that's the easiest way to put the movie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, um... You sleep paralysis demon. demon. Yeah. Haunting you. Yeah. Stalking, even. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when you first watched this movie, how old were you? What like what memories do you have of this movie? So, I can't remember my, my exact age, because that's... You pass a certain age, and I feel like you f forget everything from your teenage years, what exact age they happen. But I'm going to say, like, 11, 12, probably? Okay, yeah. Like, I was about the same age. Yeah. I always wonder, like, if I was a late uh, bloomer to watching, like, horror movies or early. I don't know. Because I know that, obviously, some people may not have watched them until, like, super strict parents, and they probably weren't able to watch anything until they actually turned 15 themselves. But I'm like, I don't know, like, 11, 12. Um, and, like, all good stories, they start with, no, I wasn't allowed to watch the movie, and, yes, a friend <laughs> lent it to me to watch it. And... The <laughs> That's how all things happen. Wait, so, you watched it alone? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, no. It was weird. Like, to put into context, my friend who lent me said movie was uh, his parents gave zero fucks what he did, obviously. And he had all these. He had, like, uh, even as a young kid, he had watched, was watching, like, Exorcist and um, uh, Cannibal. What's it called? Uh, God, geez, I can't remember. The, Animal the, Holocaust? Yeah, yeah, the one where they, like, killed real animals. Or what? Like, he had all this stuff, and I don't know how, but 
but he was obsessed with Nightmare on Elm Street. Like he he loved it, and to that point, you know, where you really love something, and you're like you. Still, it's like you want to show all your friends. So obviously, he's like, "You got to watch this. You got to watch this. Got to watch this." And he was doing that to everyone. So I took it home and watched it. I didn't want to watch it because actually, it had the, looking at the the front case or whatever, I was like, "No, I don't like the idea of this." But um, <laughs> I watched it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I am easy to admit that there were several times where I would have put the covers over my head um, and uh, not wanted to look at the screen. So tip. Which happens. I've done that still to stuff even... Oh, I still do it now. Yeah, I still do it now. I'll do, like, the watch through my fingers and be like, is it over yet? I've done that in the (laughs) cinema, even, like, within the last year or so with with a couple movies, actually. So, like, even, like, sinking down in the seat and just being like, oh, no, I don't want to, like, just... (laughs) Yeah, I don't do that. So I've done all that. Yeah, so that was was the first time I watched it. And, yeah, I I really didn't like it. I hated it it, because it scared me. And I was like, this isn't fun because, obviously... I, scary's I, not fun. Yeah, scary's not fun. And the first time having my, my my journey on a horror movie thing, I was like, no, I don't like this movie. I don't like this feeling. I don't like anything about this. And uh, I don't want to touch any of this stuff ever again. And he, he kept trying to get me to watch other <laughs> things after that. And I was like, no, no, I don't like the Fuck scary off. movies. Yeah, just piss off. <laughs> the last time movies. you did this to me. <laughs> yeah, well, look what happened. I can't trust you. <laughs> I cannot trust you anymore. Yeah, fun trivia, by the way, to put into context how much he was in love with this movie when he was oh, like no. 17 when i think he was 16 and he was he did the whole thing where he got like parent permission for a tattoo when he was 16 or something like oh, that no yeah and he got like Fre- giant freddy krueger on his back like oh my God. at 16 okay like <laughs> i have um <laughs> i do have uh like jack skellington tattoos and stuff but like, I waited until I was 18 before mm. I put something like that on my body. And, yeah, hearing someone put, like, Freddy Krueger on their back. Is he, like, ripping through his back, though? Yeah, like, it's the, yeah, like, like oh, okay. fake. that's sick. Yeah, like, look, yeah, as if it's, like, tearing through his back or whatever. He got, like, a heap of tattoos. At 16, though. Yeah, he Ooh. got heaps. There's only one that I know he's got uh, covered up, which he came to get, which was actually a... Uh, uh, completely unrelated to the horror movies, but he got a Southern Cross tattoo, and then like, oh, yeah, yuck. and then that got turned as he got older, and he realized like, obviously, that was like more of a like a lot of uh, people with uh, racial, uh, super, you know, like white, white supremacy, white supremacy, yeah, yeah, uh, nationalism, nationalism, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So when he grew, Ew. when he got older, he got that one covered up because I think at the time he was doing it just as like a. Yeah, I guess he was doing it for the same reason, but not realizing that it's oh, yeah. <laughs> but the the Freddy I mean, I'm not gonna of. lie. I had plans at about 15 years old to get the Southern Cross tattoo on my ribs. Uh, I was like, oh, I love. I don't. I, and do you know what the thing is? Like, I'm not even a patriot. Like, I'm not a patriot. Like, I am not one of those like real. Um, oh my god, I like. I, I love living here. It's great. Mm. But I'm not like a hardcore like patriot in any way show before i never have been so for me to want that like what it was 15 years ago i'm like oh fuck i'm an idiot i don't think he was either so i have no idea why he got it so (laughs) i think just everyone like in our age group then were getting them and it's just like i know heaps of my friends have gotten theirs covered up it's like that's that's a horror movie really getting a southern cross (laughs) tattoo that is the horror (laughs) movie in itself yeah Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you were saying that, you know, you said to your mate, oh, no, 
fuck you, I'm not watching any more of your horror movies, you were terrified. Did that really change, like, as you got older, how you view horror movies and, like, what you were watching and and the types of horror you were watching? Um, I think so, because, like, trying to think about it, I think the way I came back into liking horror was through... Uh, stuff that had like horror elements but wasn't like full on horror movies so like I remember I watched Beetlejuice probably that's later that same year for the first time or something which I if I, it was asked me now I'm like oh that's a comedy but as a as a when I was that age there was several, there was actually parts of that that kind of scared me and uh, lots of like gross out segments of it or whatever so that was like kind of step in and then it, I think in way I, I like that too such a degree that I started like watching lots Tim Burton stuff, which he doesn't really do yeah. proper horror, but it's like dark. But it's got that. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of is like a, um, what's the word? A segue into, yeah. you know, actual horror movies. Horror and stuff. I, I did the same thing. Yeah. So, like, when I was younger, I had watched Silence of the Lambs. I would have been like nine or ten when I watched Silence of the Lambs. And it's probably in there as one of my all time favorite movies. But. It wasn't until I got older that I was like, oh, this is a horror movie as well as a crime thriller, but I still wouldn't put, pick that as like my first horror movie. Like, A Nightmare on Elm Street is my first ever horror movie. And when I watched it, I was actually on a farm um, in Mwollomba, which is about 45 minutes inland from Byron Bay. And we were staying at one of my mum's high school friend's properties, and like, it's in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. You cannot, you just see mountains and trees and there, you can't even see like the houses that are on like anywhere near you. And they had like this big open plan house and we were in their um, like living room on the um, side of the house is just these floor to ceiling glass windows through like one just one side of the house and so their kids were like a little bit older than me so I would have been 12 and they would have been like 15 16 and we stayed up and we were like we're gonna stay up all night and watch scary movies mm. and we'd made this plan all day and hadn't told my mum because my mum is like anti-horror movies um she hates them she just I don't even know if my mum likes movies to be <laughs> honest <laughs> And, um, yeah, I just remember being, after the movie, I was like, can we close those curtains? I'm not scared, but I just, those mm. curtains, <laughs> I can't sleep with them open. They, they're going to close. The can moonlight's bouncing of off them, and it's it's getting into my eyes, and this is really making me uh, squint. And, and just, like, the moon's coming in yeah. on my face, <laughs> and I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. And I remember just, like, sleeping with the blanket over my head for the entire night, because I was like, oh, Freddy Krueger's going to get me. Yeah, it's it's. And uh, my mum lost her shit when she found out I watched it. <laughs> did you tell her or like? Oh, we it... told her the next day. Oh, okay. I was like, "Mom, <laughs> mom, mom, I'm traumatized." <laughs> and but from that moment, like, it wasn't until I hit maybe fifteen, sixteen that I really started watching heaps and heaps of horror movies because my auntie is a huge horror fan, like, and has been like she watched The Exorcist when she was a kid. And it didn't even phase her. And I was like, maybe she's a sociopath. But, I mean, <laughs> she really, um, yeah, she really influenced how I watch movies now. And just any horror movie, I'm like, I'll give it a crack. But I really love B-grade horror movies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's, 
You're going to have a great time now that Shudder's in Australia, then. <laughs> I know! Oh, my God. I'm so keen. I've already got my list. I shouldn't have even made a list because I'll just watch everything on there. Yeah, I think so. the catalog's small enough that you can probably <laughs> do that as well, so... Yeah, I'm really hoping that, um, you know, they get some more stuff on there. Obviously, with Australian classification and whatnot, it's going to be a bit of a process. Mm. Getting, oh, excuse me, getting those across the line for the app. They, um, it's, it's so funny. I had my, um, no, skipping ahead, but I, I went from a stage where I was enjoying the B-movie horror stuff. But that's because, like, well, Rush Through Story is like, I um it was it's only like two years after this whole thing, so I'm like probably like fifteen, fourteen, fifteen now, um, and I start like after doing the whole Tim Burton route slowly. It's like get yeah, ta- taste of the dark, and then I slowly start creeping back into the horror movies. But once I get got into horror movies properly, and I was old enough to I guess start appreciating them as uh the thrill rides kind of thing. Uh, this was pro- this because this is around the time like Hostel's coming out for the first time, like Saw and all this sort of oh, stuff. Yeah. So like I'm the exploitation like um gore yeah. Stuff. I'm like I don't know if I'm I don't know if that was like the best time to get into it, but weirdly enough, as much as like I hated Nightmare on Elm Elm Street, like a couple years prior when I was just a bit younger, it's like suddenly Saw's coming out. I think it's like 2005. Yeah, so that would kind of fit. It's like suddenly that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is okay because for whatever reason, the fact that a lot of those movies, those super gore ones were less uh, about building tension and just more about being like, yeah, here's a, here's a whole bunch of blood and guts on the screen. For some reason, I found that more uh, able to, to watch. Whereas anything that was like proper building, te- especially like ghost things. Like I still hated watching anything that was just like your, your proper like ghost horror movie, like building the tension, building tension. And then suddenly like, boom, scary thing. I hated anything of like jump scares. So like, just show me a movie where someone cuts their limbs off and you know, like whatever. <laughs> like, hostel, always just, hostel is just like, I always think about those movies now. They're so ridiculous. The fact that there's a scene where there's like a girl laying naked in a bathtub with like a giant scythe like cutting someone's back and just having the blood drip all over i'm like these movies are so weird like <laughs> yeah but i'm like that was sort of a weird gateway <laughs> to, get, to get into horror. i loved the saw movies and i think yeah i think that they were more my yeah my gateway into back into horror movies and then um the funny thing is every single like boyfriend that i've had from like maybe my early 20s until now are massive horror movie fiends and it's just been amazing because like i never have to like be like um another action movie (laughs) oh can we watch a horror movie this weekend like ned my like my partner now he'll be like so uh what do you want to watch this weekend and i'll be like uh what do you feel like and he'll always suggest a horror movie so it's really it's really good and now i have you know all these guests lined up for the for the podcast i've got such a great catalog of movies that you know i haven't watched or i you know haven't watched for quite some time so it's going to be really exciting to to get into like all the different um like subgenres and and whatnot and explore how horror is depicted throughout all of these yeah and uh, i suppose that's the uh, the good thing about starting a podcast really like <laughs> to go on this quick side tangent it's like you start any sort of podcast like this and it's 
straight away it's it's just going to be super fun because you're 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 getting into movie discovery by way of uh, talking to people and you're having conversations and yeah you're making content at the same time but also you just enjoy it because you're like well it's it's a way for me to force myself to like discover new things and talk to people about things so it's like yeah yeah one movie I've never watched is The Shining wow. It's too long, and my brain just, I can't concentrate on really long movies, so I just don't even put them on. As soon as I see, like, two hours, I'm like, ah, nah, fuck, I can't watch that. That's not going to keep me, you know, um, like, I just won't be able to finish it. That's interesting. It sucks. Yeah, it's ADHD. (laughs) Yeah, oh well. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a viable excuse. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, oh, two hours, but but you can get me on TikTok watching cat videos for four. Yeah, the well, beauty, the beauty of ADHD. Yeah. Not not after it gets banned soon. Like it's fine. You won't have any TikTok. Uh, uh, yeah, I think Microsoft's gonna buy it. So. <laughs> the true horror movie where Donald Trump buys TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just Trump It's content. just Trump videos. <laughs> uh, that'll be the day that you see the most, like, removals of apps <laughs> in history. <laughs> Everyone just removing TikTok. A nightmare on TikTok. <laughs> Brand new. <laughs> <laughs> well, TikTok's already a nightmare for people's time, for productivity. Yes. I don't know how you feel about TikTok, but didn't download it for all those reasons. Fun. Oh, okay. I don't well, need yeah, some. I don't need something else to help distract me. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I have <laughs> some self control for some things. Oh God, I don't. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's um let's actually dive into the movie because it's um it's a really it's really it's a really good slasher film. Mm-hmm. I love it. I am a huge fan um, to this day. Wasn't back in 2005 when I watched it for the first... Wait, no, it would have been 2001 when I watched it for the first time. So, I would have been 12 then. You're not allowed to... You're not supposed to give away the... the (laughs) I'm 30. Oh, no! How's that? Ah, yuck! A woman never, never, never discloses her age. (laughs) <laughs> I hate that. It's so dumb. I remember someone t- <laughs> someone actually told. I think it was my pop or someone when I was young. He goes, it was like giving me life lessons. He was like, Dylan, you never ask a woman her age. It's manners. <laughs> like, it's <a> man- manners. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, there's lots of weird things I can, I, like, obviously your, your oh grandparents say, but I mean, that that one is one that sticks out. <laughs> it's funny. You're just like, but what about if you worked at like the licensing place what's that the rta yeah well i mean and you have to ask them what their age is i like, work do you do then? i work somewhere where people ask for cigarettes all the time and guess what all the time i go can i see your id and these girls go oh no i forgot it and i go mm, no get out mm. then <laughs> go on yeah, get go it. on get on your horse <laughs> oh i love I'd, I'd love that job i'd have such a power trip <laughs> <laughs> has its moments denied has its moments <laughs> cool um so the the movie i don't know which version you watched but i watched the version um where at the start credits 
um, you see like someone putting together the Freddy's gloves, and I like I'm assuming it's Freddy. Yes, I putting together these gloves. I think that's yeah. I didn't know there was different. Ver- is there like, different versions? Oh, I don't know. I just don't remember ever seeing that bit when I watch it. <laughs> no, well, I haven't watched it for so long. I couldn't tell. Couldn't remember what I see or not. No. Yeah, I think that it says there is a, a slight different That's cut. That's a normal version. Yeah, it says there's a slight different US cut that trims the scene where Tina falls from her bedroom ceiling and some other little things, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, no, that's how it opens. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sweet. And um, so we are introduced to one of the teenagers and she's like, uh, this is Tina, the, the blonde girl. And she's, you know, running through the school away from from something. From something. And um, they end up in the boiler room. So the boiler room's significant throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But we find out later why that is. It's a... Uh, I mean, the the start of the movie is, I think, uh, it's sort of classic horror movie stuff, I guess. And in, in all the number one thing that stood out to me watching, like, the first, I guess, 10, 15 minutes of this movie, from the opening scene to when you're um, introduced to the, the, the key characters and like the, the 10 minutes that follow is that old, ho- old horror movies really did not mess around. They kind of just got straight into like, there's a killer, there's something, here we go. Whereas I feel like if this was uh, made now, you would spend like the first 20 minutes of the movie just getting to know the characters. Maybe they would tease something in the background. Then someone would finally get killed. Like it's a lot slower. I feel like horror movies are a lot more slower paced now where this one just like literally starts. It's like creepy shit, like straight away. It's not like, well, wait, it's just, here's some creepy shit straight away. Like we're not messing around. Yeah. You're watching a horror movie. Yeah. Off you go. Yes. You, this is scary. And the bit that I really love in this scene is, um, where he, it's the iconic where he rips like his like um, nails through the canvas curtain thing, and I'm like, ah, classic shot. You know shot. who it is now. Yeah, you know who that is. Everybody, even if you haven't seen a Nightmare on Elm Street, like you'd know who this is. Yeah, and I think that's what's so great about Freddy Krueger. Well, I mean, <laughs> I always wonder, like, and I know that was obviously the whole point of the the Freddy vs Jason movie, but I do often wonder who's more recognizable either freddy because i feel like freddy is most known actually for not his face but the the slicing of like through things because that's obviously what like that's a classic moment in this movie and then in sequels they they kept trying to kind of do other shots similar where he would rip through like clothes or whatever and they'll have close-ups because it was just always obvious scissor hand thing um and then obviously jason's known for the hockey mask, which is more his actual face. So I feel like Jason kind of wins the, the who's more famous. Cause at least his face is more famous. Whereas Freddie's famous for his hands. Like he's not a very good hand model. So. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't hire him. No. Oh, would I? If I did like a horror watch range. Yeah. I'd hire him. <laughs> it's di- di- but I mean, different. like I can't imagine there'd be a high demand for that. No, no, no not at the moment. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Maybe that's something I should get onto. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. No. So, um, so Tina wakes up and her mom comes in and her mom's like a bit of a mess. And um, Tina's got like a ripped nightgown, and because like we we see this scene where Freddie like comes behind her and like like tears at her her nighty, 
and her mum's like, you, e- you either need to uh, cut your fingernails or stop dreaming. And it's just like, what the, what the fuck? Lady, you think fingernails did this? <laughs> but also you're encouraging insomnia? Yeah. Who are you? I mean, all in all, another kind of cliche, the adults in this movie suck so bad. They're so they're so I dumb and hate stupid. Nancy's dad. Yeah, his her dad is the worst. And uh, th- 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 well, I'm sure we'll get to it later. But all of the cops just deserve to all get fired at the end of this movie. Like the worst. Just fired. Yeah. Not not hunted down by Freddy. Krueger, yeah. Just well, fired. Yeah. I'm tr- I'm trying not to not trying to be too bad. But yeah, no, they're worst. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the only world in which someone's fingernails could rip through a nightgown nightgown like that is like I don't know where you're buying it from. F- Freaking. The dollar sh- dollar store where it's made of tissue paper and <laughs> absolutely useless, but yeah, no, all the all the adults in this movie are dumb. I hate them. They're, and I think maybe that's like the trope that they chose that the kids are meant to be these really like switched on kids, and the adults are like la la la, let's just pretend the world's not burning. Yeah, they do. I mean, that's a uh, not even like a horror trope. I think it's just like a, a trope from a lot of eighties movies. Where it's like the the town's adults are dumb and the kids save the day, like be it horror movies or even like the Goonies or something. It's like the kids always are a lot smarter than the adults of what's going on. So yeah, yeah, I didn't really think of that because yeah. I feel like a lot of slasher movies, the adults are all just really stupid. Yeah, until <laughs> and the cops are really dumb. The cops are always the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Annoys me. <laughs> That's frustrating. It's, it- it's just like, why do you even have cops on this in this movie? Like, why even have them? They don't do anything. Oh, Get them so- out of here. I mean, that's my kind of one credit. I'd say one thing that horror movies got better at is not doing the really stupid, annoying things. Because often, like, horror movies did like things like this where it's like the cops are really dumb and it's used to build tension but i'm like this is stupid it kind of takes me out of the movie because i'm like it's sort of unrealistic that the cops would be that dumb so that's like actually one of the criticisms i've had for this and similarly um in horror movies that the trope of like the girl always falling down like 20 times running away from the killer type thing which that just annoys me as well because it's like i understand maybe someone would fall over once or whatever but in reality, people aren't going to fall over that many times. Is it lots of little things? And I feel like horror and movies. And when they get to like, when they get to like ten times falling yeah. over, like your legs and your hands would be fucked up by then, yeah. and you'd just be like, oh, I can't. I'm just so over falling. And they always like do the whole thing where they strip, and then they're like, ah, and then they turn around and be like, ah, this is. Uh, it's all like very played up, which is from uh, you know like very early days of like you know black and white horror movies. Um. Uh, like the, this over-the-top female character. Yeah, like I don't know if you ever watched the um the original. Oh, what is the Nightmare? No, oh, fuck, Day of the Dead, Nightmare, whatever the first original, whatever one, the black and white one. I can't remember the official name of it. There's too many of the dead movies. I can't even remember. Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, like the the first one of that. Um, is, it's really good though. It is I really good, really but like also it. it's just full of <laughs> all of the tropes that you can kind of imagine and there's a reason that you see them like parried a lot because that movie kind of coined a lot of the the zombie parodies yeah so like the falling over things number one but yeah i'd say that's one thing horror movies do a lot less of now that and it stands out whenever i watch older movies is just all of the 
unrealistic things that were done to build tension. And I feel like horror movies these days will actually make the characters in a movie all a lot smarter. And then they actually build tension in different ways. And I, I kind of yeah, appreciate like that. With music or environment. Yeah. Um, scripting rather than with character, like a bit of slapstick comedy. Yeah. If anything, like, yeah. So, um, this is, um, so this is the next day and, um, you know, uh, Tina's with her friends, um, who are the other main characters, Nancy, Rod and Glenn, Johnny Depp debuting That's in wrong. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, so yeah, so, you know, Tina's saying, you know, I had these dreams and Rod's just a sexist piece of shit. Yep. Um, talking about his boners. Classic. Gross. Oh, so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and so they go to school. You don't really see them at school, really. Because this movie, it feels like it happens over like a day and a half. For me, I don't know how it feels for you. I feel like it happens in at least less than a week. Like, it's definitely not like many days. So like if the, yeah, it starts at night time, then they go to school the next day. And then I think they go to school, like, I think they go to sleep one more time, but then they wake up. So I'd say it happens over maybe two to three days in total type thing. Because this is the day that they all go to Tina's house for a sleepover. Sleepover, yeah. So there's one more night. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I hate, (laughs) like, this scene really frustrated me. So Glenn is at the house, right? And he puts that fucking tape on and calls his mum. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's so loud here. And then there's like, oh, no, they're drag racing out the front. Oh, there's a fight out the front. And I was just like, oh, this is... I didn't like this bit. It's silly, and I think I've also kind of shows its age because it just... <laughs> someone's playing a tape while it's different noises. <laughs> uh, and they're, like, trying to turn it off. And so, I was like, how do you not know what an off button is? Yeah, it's... Like, how, how do you not know the off button? But it's the red button it's, on the tape deck. It's also that kind of like character as um like Ferris Buller's Day Off, where it's like the the kid like they had all these roles in eighties movies and even I guess early nineties where the the kids have really smart ways to out to, to outsmart their dumb parents, kind of like playing all Ugh, these sound my effects. So stupid. Yeah. <laughs> all these weird things. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> Whereas I feel like. If, you, if anyone like goes, if 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 in reality, if he's doing this that nowadays, it's like if he wasn't allowed to sleep over at someone's house and he was just going to do it, then he would just do it, and then he would just get in trouble later. Like, there's no need to have the uh, <laughs> the phone. Call no, scene. don't lie about it. Yeah. It's just like I'll just deal with the consequences later. Don't worry about that. I think they they need it. I think the, I guess the other thing you could say is that the having him do that scene, they quickly help separate. Um, Johnny uh, Johnny Depp's character and um, the the sexist asshole character because they're oh, like they, Rod. Yeah, yeah, they get to Rod, show yeah. that like he's chill with both girls there and not being like a super dickhead and he's doing something kind of smart I guess by using sound effects to like get his way out of uh, getting trouble from his mum and then in comes Rod like two minutes after this scene you know scaring yeah. him and yeah. And then he's like, oh, Tina and I have to go have a chat. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah. So they end up banging. Yeah. So they're banging really enthusiastically. Yeah. 
very thin walls, I think, or thin uh, yeah. layers between I them. think the walls were actually <laughs> just paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a curtain. Yeah. And again, <laughs> I don't, I don't, they don't really write, write roles like Rod anymore, but it's just, you're watching and you're like, why is the girl following for him? Like, they don't show a single sign of anything that would be actually interesting. Like, there's not an ounce of like, oh, this guy maybe has like an interesting side. You're just like, this guy's a dickhead. <laughs> dickhead. Like, I mean, he looks kind of good looking as he runs away with no shoes on and just a leather jacket and no shirt on. So maybe that's the only redeeming factor yeah. of him, that he looks great without a shirt, but with a leather jacket on. I don't know if that outweighs the, <laughs> the negatives. <laughs> so I'll, I'll... I mean, it's like one positive. So, like, the positives are at, like, one, and the negatives are at, like, 6,000. Yeah. But at least it's still something. Yeah. It'll... <laughs> it's something, sure. <laughs> you can have it. You can have that point. I'll have that one. Thank you. Uh, so, I really like this part where, um, you know, they're in post-coitus nap. Mm. And... <laughs> I read that when I was reading summaries and I was like, ooh, I hate that word so much, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> it's a technical term. It's the, I'm scientific. This yeah. podcast is science. Officially now. Um, <laughs> we are scientists of horror movies. <laughs> and um, so she falls asleep and she wakes up and we kind of realise it's a dream because she tries to wake Rod up and then you hear Freddy like, Tina. And so she ends up in the backyard like following this noise. Now, if that was me, no. I'm I'm sitting in bed. I'm scrunching my eyes so damn tight hoping I'm falling back asleep to wake up in real life to go back to sleep. Yeah, I if that makes sense. I was, <laughs> yeah, I always wonder, I guess you have to kind of buy into the their in your dream state, your mind's unable to like process certain sorts of things maybe to even like think about like this isn't can't be real so maybe I should just try and go to sleep type type thing like I guess you kind of have to look past certain weird aspects yeah because like it, I've never had a, a like anytime you think about having such a lucid dream I feel like you can't really remember it really well like if I'm like oh I had a dream where I was like walking down the street and I did this and blah 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 but like when you're thinking back you're like of course it's a dream but however in the moment I guess in your dream state there's no moment where you recall thinking hey I'm having a dream wonder what time it is at the moment in my real life like you're just you're in the moment so I guess what yes well in lucid dreaming you're controlling the dream because you know it's a dream so you can do whatever you want because you're dreaming and you're like, I can fucking, I can grow a jetpack on my ass right now and fly to Mars. Mm. Which. Because you're in a lucid dream, so you can do what you want. Nancy knows she's in a lucid dream later, she which is does. why she's allowed to yeah. do everything she wants. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if, um, what's her face? I don't think anyone else realizes. Yeah, I don't think anyone else realizes they're lucid dreaming, which is why they're unable to. Until after. Yes. Yeah. And, and, when they're like, I had a dream about this guy in a red and green thing, yeah. jacket. Because Nancy says to Tina earlier, I've been having dreams too. And Rod also says to Tina, oh, you know, oh, he says the most fucking annoying thing. Guys can have nightmares too, or something like that. Yeah, you don't you don't own, nightmares. you don't have, like, the monopoly on that, yeah. or something like that. And I was like, ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up, Rod, I hate you. <laughs> I hate the men in so many horror movies. I'm just like, fuck. Well, 
Can you just get written out so you're not there at all? Well, yeah. I mean, he dies later and then we can, everyone gets to be happy, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this is the first death of the film, which is, um, I think it's really cool, minus, like, um, obviously because it's filmed in 1984, that it's, um, you know, not the most realistic, um, I mean, none of them are really realistic deaths, but. <laughs> yeah, I guess it. that's the thing that kind of made, it's hard to think about when you weren't, like, obviously, like, watching this in the cinema at the time, within context kind of thing, but I, if you, like, look at history, the thing that kind of makes this movie stand out is it kind of follows a proper slasher structure, however, most slashers are, of course, like, s- s- built around realistically just a guy, a girl, whoever, some being, but it's just like, they, they go, knife, they'll stab you, they'll kill you. Like, they're supposed to be, like, pretty simple. Like, they'll stab stab you, they'll hit you on the head or whatever, and this movie manages to do the slasher stuff, but because it gets to do it within a dream state, that means they get to do some rather, like, out there kills that they don't get to do in typical slasher movies you know like there's only this one thing the friday the 13th films have struggled with for so after like the first couple entries it's like well uh he impales them on a stick this time like they they ran out of ways for him to kill people pretty fast with uh but i mean in in like yeah in the context of a nightmare on elm street like they could have so many different deaths yeah like it's ridiculous the the possibilities are endless literally yeah that's what makes it yeah cool that's so cool yeah and um so tina's like rod wakes up and tina's like in the air like above her bed being like slashed into a million pieces and um during this time nancy is in her room still asleep and that's where we see like freddy come through like the wallpaper above her bed And I love that. That yeah. is so freaking cool. There's, yeah, I, th- I think that shot's really cool and one of the stands out, standouts of the movie. And obvi- obviously, when you think about it, you're like, I don't know, those years, like, like, probably just use like a really, they pulled a piece of bedding real tight or something. I'm, I don't know. Like, it's probably something really simple when you, you boil it down. I, I also think the shot where she's on the, um, in, in the other room, how when she's on the wall, but because they film it, from the angle where you can see the guy's head in the frame and then you can see the wall it means that because if they just filmed it crawling on a wall it would be very easy to be like okay so they just like they filmed it upside down and she's really just crawling something but because you see his head sitting there your brain is more like well this is real because it it tricks you more because you how did she get up there yeah yeah like (laughs) it it, it tricks you more because the angle so it's like some really smart way to uh, smart c- cinematography to trick your trick your brain more. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they did that a lot, not to tr- not intentionally for us to go, oh, that's to trick me, no. but for us to go, holy crap, that's amazing. Like, yeah, that had happened in a dream. Yeah, like that this would happen, and um, so um, Tina dies obviously because Rod cut- Rod, you know, tries to get her down, and um. He can't see Freddy at all. So we're kind of, I don't know, I can't, I, even though I watched it today, I was actually writing an essay while I watched it. Um, they kind of transition between the dream and Tina. Yeah, they, they, yeah. She's in the dream and it comes like out. And, in the dream and yeah, then, she's yeah. under the cover. 
but obviously you never see Freddy because, like, as a film... He's in the dream. Yeah, it makes the rules later. Like, he never comes out of the dream until he's he's dragged out of it at the end of the movie. So, But, of course, she's under the covers. Uh, he flips out of the bed, so he assumes that there's someone under there slashing her or whatever, or whatever else. But um, there's no way for him to, to, to say it. He, I, again, I don't care if you're like, She's having a, oh she's having an epileptic shot like there's a million things that could be happening to her right now and he's just like he falls out of bed and he goes oh I'll just sit here and watch and do nothing like I won't even like pull the bed cover off or anything like that I'll just um this is a great shot yeah I'm really enjoying this yeah. right now freaking idiot and it's just like as if all the adrenaline wouldn't be like going holy shit I gotta do something yeah like sure you at least rip the bed sheet off in that first moment to to be like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And this is where I'm glad because the police show up and they automatically assume that Rod has like murdered Tina mm. and he's like on the run. He's like, Oh, you know, getting out of here. Gotta go. Yeah. The, and, um, the one, um, the one thing I, I thought of when I was watching this for this recently was how interesting it is that they have uh, Nightmare on Elm Street has sort of similarities to the first Scream, and of course they're they're both directed by the same person, so that makes sense. But I, I was like, oh, maybe it was done. In, I've never thought maybe Scream kind of sort of follows the same sort of thing because obviously Scream, the the boyfriend gets accused of uh, the killing and like they they think it's him for a while and all these other things, and that's what happens in in this movie as well. So I'm like, oh, there's similarities here. I haven't actually spotted for the. Wes Craven filmography yeah, and before. There's, um, there's a few scenes where Glenn actually comes in through Nancy's window. Yeah. And I was just like, how many movies are there where the, the boyfriend's just climbing in through the window? And I was like, oh, Wes Craven movies. <laughs> All of them, apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there, there's this scene where it... This scene makes me really cringe at the police station where Nancy is... Um, made out to be this like hysterical overdramatic um teenage girl and i just really like didn't like that where her dad's like oh you know you need to calm down like it shows that you don't you don't really care about her death because you know and it's just like and she's like how would you say i wouldn't care about murder and yeah i just really didn't like the exchange between her parents because her dad is you know donald the police officer and like her mum's there, and I just really didn't like that exchange at all. I don't. I don't. I never really understood her father in this movie at all. Like none of the stuff he says makes sense as <laughs> as a chief of the police <laughs> or a father. And then I I still have been ab- unable to figure out like is he written that he's like super. Uh, committed to the job to the point that he's never home or is it supposed to be that is it is there so. an, yeah i couldn't figure out that or it's implied that like he's split from um the the mother but yeah I, i'm not but, sure um glenn's parents actually make a comment like later on in the movie about how um nancy's mum's always at home alone mm. yeah so i'm not, I'm not sure if that's a, yeah because it's like maybe it was written for the time to be commentary on um, like p- men being too committed to their job or because I was trying to work out that or like or if it was supposed to be commentary on like because um, especially older movies you never saw um, separation 
uh, like film, like because of course it's like that was such a faux no 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 type thing. So I was I was trying to work out if it was that or whatever, but it seems there's something going on there. I just can't figure out what exactly it's supposed to be, what his thing is supposed to be. Yeah, he's just a weirdo. Other than being an asshole, like a weird character. <laughs> yeah, being an asshole, yeah. but that's his job. And so Nancy doesn't go to bed. She stays up all night and she's drinking coffee. And she um she leaves for school the next day. And Rod jumps out of a bush in the same clothes from the night before. And he, you know, um, is I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And then her dad shows up again. He's just bait. Like a true father. Yeah. <laughs> He's all your children. A true police officer. Yeah, a true police officer. Use your kids as bait. And um, so Rod makes like a fucking run for it down the street. And I love that. He's like, I didn't do it. And he's like running down the street. After Nancy like jumps in front of her dad's gun. Hmm. And I'm like, American cops and guns. And you're, what are you doing? You're jumping in front of that. She's alright. She's white, so... She's safe. <laughs> She's fine. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Rod is arrested and taken down to the cop shop. Yeah. And this is where, like, Nancy's like, Dad, you used me. And he's like, what are you even doing going to school anyway? And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Dad. Yeah, he's the worst. Don't... I don't... I still don't understand. <laughs> I guess it would make sense, like... In a world where maybe he was actually the killer, then it would be like, okay, I guess he did the right thing, but also he's wrong, so no. like, <laughs> No, Dad. No, yeah. Now, this is another scene I really, really loved. Um, where Nancy falls asleep in class, and she looks next to her, and it's Tina in a body bag. Yeah. And that just looks so gruesome. Like, for an 80s film. I was like, this is badass. Yeah, it was that, and then, I don't know if it was after this, or the different time when she falls asleep, but also where there's Nancy's in a... Uh, not Nancy, the, where she's, she falls asleep and the body bag's, like, being dragged across the ground or something somewhere as well. I can't remember if that was inside it's the school. It's the same scene. Is it, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, and um, the hall monitor is in a red and green jumper, and is like, where's your hall pass? And Nancy's like, oh, I don't fucking need a hall pass, whatever. And she's like following the like trail of blood. Well, yeah. And that's when you hear Freddie's voice saying, hey, Nancy, no running in the hallway. And it's just the hall monitor with his voice. So I was like, that's cool. Trippy stuff. You get to do. Yeah. yeah. And so, um... But she ends up in the boiler room again and gets stuck in there. And um, I think she's woken up by her arm. Yeah, going, she's like she gets burnt on something. Yeah, she's running away from him and arm. she like pushes her arm against the boiler thing and wakes her up. I always say the thing, the thing about the boiler room that interests me. I don't know if I don't. Know, it's been so long since I've watched it. I don't know if it's ever explained in other ones, like lore wise, why he has to lead like it always leads back to the boiler room you you, you would think really freddie would want to separate his like sort of home base from his victims but for whatever reason whenever he goes into people's dream state like his boiler room is always like sort of at the end of the tunnel like he funnels them there or whatever so 
But I'm like, is that done on purpose or is that just like, <laughs> I don't know if that's ever explained in later movies if they come up for a reason, but. Well, he was the janitor for the school. So I think like he lived in the boiler room. Yeah. I think that's what it's. Yeah. So I think that's like why, like in real life, that's the, that's the go. But yeah, why does, why does he always drag them there in the dream state? Like, cause it gives away more information about his real life you'd think he would prefer to keep it like more hidden but he doesn't so yeah so that they don't find out yeah who who he actually is but yeah he always leads him there Mm. so yeah so she's woken up by that bird and i think um and then she like absolutely freaks out in class and i think that's the moment where she realizes that she's in a dream and that there's like this um physical connection between that dream and reality yeah. Like between the dream state and reality. Yes. Yeah. When, uh, cause she freaks out, she leaves the school or whatever. And then when she's outside and she looks at her arm and she sees the burn mark there, it's kind of like she's processing in her head, like, well, hold on a minute now. Yeah. And, and if it isn't then, then it's definitely later when she pulls the hat out. So I don't, <laughs> like, yeah. one, <laughs> one or the other. And so, yeah, she ends up going and sees Rod, um, and he, you know, divulges what happened to Tina and was like, you know, she was under the sheets and there was somebody in the bed with us. And that's when Nancy kind of makes that connection. Hey, Freddie killed Tina because, you know, in my dream at school, I saw this man. Well, they don't know it's Freddie at this stage. They just know it's a man with claws. Yes. And um, so, yeah, she's making all these connections now. To yeah, to to his history and stuff, and got a. But again, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if it's just me because looking at it, it's like Freddie's. If like seeing it, his face is so messed up that I don't know if it, if it was me, I'd be. I don't know if I, I'd be assuming it's even like a real person or whatever. Because I always like it's a man who's with like a glove, and if it was me, I might be like it's a fucking monster with a hat, like. You know, like, it, really? <laughs> it's a worm with a hat? Yeah. I'm like, Gloves? I was like, it's a man. I'm like, oh, are we sure? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Describe this Yeah, describe man. the man to me because it certainly doesn't look like any sort of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. And so, um, like, Nancy is, you know, exhausted because she's been avoiding sleeping um, because of all the nightmares she's been having. And she falls asleep in her bathtub later that night. And that's where we see another, you know, iconic scene. Yeah. Which is the the glove coming out of the, the bathtub thing, which they, they the, I think that's the only one they properly recreated for the remake as well. But obviously it wasn't as good because it's like, well, you're just copying a scene. It's, it's not, not the doesn't time. have the, yeah, it's like, don't don't bother. Doesn't have that same impact. Yeah, it doesn't have the same impact. Um, side note on this, like, um, I've fallen asleep in a bath before. I always used to say that I always used to think the scene was unrealistic because <laughs> I used to be like, it's no one would ever fall asleep in a bath because you're like laying in a bath, and in my mind, I was like, you can't fall asleep because you're in water, and like the feeling of laying in water, surely you, you wouldn't be able to fall asleep. But now I've done it, so it is it, it is actually possible in case anyone. <laughs> <laughs> was, wondering. was wondering yes falling asleep is is uh possible so now this is the, the worst scene in the movie because this could be me the glove coming out <laughs> 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 to, to stab me horrible oh 
one. Now I'm never going to be able to fall asleep <laughs> the first time. <laughs> not that I ever have. I don't think I have. Can't say I have. No, I don't think it's safe. It's, it's not really scared. safe. Oh, I mean. Oh, fuck it. I mean, no. no, I'd probably be worried about drowning. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. if I drown, my brain gets flooded with DMT, so I'm not that opposed to it. Well, I don't know if the pluses outweigh the negatives <laughs> <laughs> on this one either. You know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she invites Glenn, and this is where Glenn like comes in through the window. Yeah. And I've actually written on my notes. There are so many movies where boyfriends come in through windows. What the hell, 80s horror movies? <laughs> they can never... The parents never... All that, there's never a, a, a family shown in horror movies where, like, the girl has parents who are just like, yeah, you can go visit her late at night, it's fine. The parents are always super strict and like, no. Bed. Go to sleep. Bye. So then the boyfriend throws up the... PM, yeah. go to bed. It's bloody school night. <laughs> no, can't have visitors. <laughs> I, um, I, but I mean, I wasn't allowed to do that stuff at 16, 17. No. But I wouldn't leave my house. I, I just didn't like the idea of leaving my house, to be honest. Well, yeah. But also, you'd think if he was making a horror movie, just to stand out, you might have just depicted a uh, different sort of family type to, to stand out a little bit differently. Because, <laughs> yeah, they're all literally the... Yeah. The same sort I mean, of stuff. I mean, they just... It, yeah, it's just like this... I think it's just like a cookie-cutter, like, template when it comes to families in 80s horror movies. Yeah. It's like, let's just keep it all the same. And and one of those... also, It's also one of those things where it's like, this wouldn't happen anymore. Like, if he was making this movie now and the boyfriend wanted to talk, it would be like, oh, Skype suddenly, suddenly ringing or a Discord call's popping up or Facebook Messenger video. Like, it, it would just be some... No one's going to climb through anyone's freaking windows late night. They're like, no, I'll just call you. Like, But everyone in Australia kind of lives in one-story houses. Yeah, that's mostly, true. Mostly. Yeah. As well. That's a, that is... And so, like, if someone was... That's, sorry. I was going to say, that's another American thing I hate with all American movies. Like, they always have two-story houses, and I'm like, how? Like, and also, they'll be like, even the, the, the movies where, like, oh, the family's struggling to find work, and they're so poor and whatever, and they'll still, like, live in a two-story house in, like, a white suburban neighbourhood, and they'll be like, God, we're so poor. Like, we're, oh, dad's really struggling to find First work. Yeah, I'm like, what type of poor family are we <laughs> supposed to be showing in this movie? Like, just... Yeah. I mean, if someone was, like, trying to climb in my window, my whole family would freaking hear it. Like... Yeah, you'd think you would hear someone climbing up a, um... The side of your house. Yeah, side of the house. Anyway. This is another dumb... My parents are dumb. Adults are dumb. Yeah. And so, um... This is where she has another treat. She's like, Glenn, you need to watch me. You have one job. Wake me up if you think you've got one job, mate. Watch me. And then they end up in the same dream. And she's like, Glenn, are you still there? And he's like, yeah, just here behind the bush. What? I was trying to work that out. I don't like. I don't think he's in the same dream. I think her her dream states made a version of him in her dream. Oh. It's like because I'm like, there's no way they've ended up in the same dream. That's like going a, a step further type thing. Although I think they do that in later movies where they the dream warriors or whatever, where they 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 link up and end up in each other's dreams. But I think in this one, it is like she's like, you need to be watching me. But then she falls asleep, and I think it's supposed to be portraying that thing where at the start she doesn't realize she's actually in a dream. Like I get, like she goes to it, oh. she goes to sleep, and I guess in her dream state she's like 
just automatically her brain's like, oh, this is the plan. Like I'm sneaking somewhere. And then she's sneaking along. And because she went to sleep thinking about like, he's supposed to be watching me. Then I guess her brain created a Glenn that's following her. Like that's how I, 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 I took it as anyway. Yeah. And I guess she clicks onto it later when, um, uh, like when all the three starts chasing her and then she comes more aware that she's in a dream. And then when she tries starting to wake herself up, but I think right at the start, she's just in that moment of the dream where she's just like, cause you never, you never start a dream, like not doing something, you know, like whenever you, 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 you suddenly start dreaming, you're always like in the middle of something. Like you're, you're halfway somewhere or like you're already doing some, a task or driving a car. Like you never dream about sitting there going, I'm going to go drive the car now. Like, you're already driving the car kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, because she, um, she sneaks away to go see Rod. Yeah. And I think maybe because she was talking about Rod with Glenn before that, that maybe that's what triggered that part of her dream. Yeah. I think, and, and, and the, I, so she's, I was going to say, the, the only other thing is, like, I think it's edited to trick the audience because, like, they ne- she goes, it cuts as she's like, I've got a plan, Rod. And then it cuts and then it cuts to her walking down the street with him following. So then it's supposed to obviously trick the audience. Like her plan is to go check on Rod where, yeah, anytime you rewatch it and you're aware of what's happening, you're like, this is not the plan. She's, he, she's supposed to be falling asleep, but he's definitely not supposed to be falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Glenn, you're meant to be away. Yes. And so she goes and checks on Rod and um, he's like, Freddie's in Rod's cell, like, teasing Nancy because he knows Nancy's there. And, um, you know, when she... And then he chases her to back to the house. Yep. And everything just seems really close together, but maybe that's just a dream thing, that everything's, you know... Yeah, I think it's really just that... easy to get to and from. Yeah. <laughs> and she runs up the stairs, and they're like fucking marshmallows. The stairs are like marshmallows. Yeah, and again, it's like typical it's it's doing cool things inside of like a typical kind of slasher scene like you can put you can have a, a million slashes have a young girl running upstairs away from the would-be killer but only in Lightmare on elm street can you have like dream state stuff where you're doing a typical sort of slasher scene but you can turn the stairs into marshmallows because it's inside of a dream yeah yeah, cool. and that's where Nancy's like, it's all a dream, it's all a dream, it's all a dream. Yes. And that's where it really clicks that you're like, Nancy knows what's going yeah. on. And um, Freddy smashes through the mirror and they kind of like wrestle and they're like, Nancy's trying to fight him off and her alarm goes off and that wakes her up. Yeah, and Rod. Oh, Glenn, sorry. Glenn. Yes. And she's like, Glenn, you, were, you bastard. You bastard. Yeah, dump him. You had one freaking job one job and um so her mum comes in and her mum looks absolutely fucking trashed like wasted yeah I think they just imply she stays and, up drinking every night so yeah and I think that that's like I read that somewhere that like her mum's meant to be like this alcoholic and yeah. addicted to like painkillers and stuff and I was like her mum looks like a right mess coming in there and um then we um sorry i just lost track of what i was thinking um she sneaks out like this is in real life she sneaks out and they see rod they go to the police station to try and save rod and he um he's hung um with sheets by freddy and then we have the funeral the funeral of poor rod not that you know it's really that sad 
Creepy funeral, though. I don't remember the funeral. I must have, um, must have. They just said they just, it doesn't go for too long, but they have a lot of, just the way like the camera pans around. It just gives a lava. I think I think it's shot in a certain way that makes you feel uneasy. Like I think coming off a scene where it tricked you in in not realizing you was watching a dream. I think it's sort of filmed in a way where again you I guess the audience is supposed to be like is this a dream or is this not a dream kind of thing? Cause I, I, after that one scene, I think the the rest of the movie does a lot of that where it's like, and it doesn't work once you've already seen the movie once, but it's like sort of playing on making the audience go, what is, and what is in the dream now? Like what's happening? Yeah. Mm, because um, Nancy, you know, is talking to her parents because she, I think she, um, she describes Freddy Krueger to them. Yes. And they're like, oh, you don't, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. And her mum ends up taking her to like some sleep doctor clinic thing. Yeah. And, um, she falls asleep. And, um, that's the scene where she pulls the hat, hat out, out yeah. and it's got Krueger's name on it. What? And I mean, it's really interesting that they took all that time until they actually reveal his full identity. Yeah, I guess... It's, oh, it's just one of those things looking back where you're like, he's the classic, like everyone knows his name, but it's no different than looking at, I guess, Friday the 13th where you're like, look, Jason wasn't even the killer in the first movie. So like, it's <laughs> like everyone. You just know. Yeah. You just like, you just, everyone, they like, you go to watch this and you're like, Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, everyone should know his name, blah, 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 blah. But, um, but again, I just find it so weird that she's like, says the name, she's like, someone called Freddy Krueger. That both the parents are like, that's weird, but also we won't ask any more questions. Take her to a, a sleep place you could definitely book <laughs> into like in under an hour and just take her to and that's perfectly fine. And then even when she drags a hat out of thin air, they're like, look, that is weird. <laughs> You're crazy. But also just sleep, I reckon. That'll solve it. Like, just go go to sleep. You'll be, you'll be perfectly fine. The hat, mm, don't know, bit weird. But can't explain. Can't that. explain it, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Because <laughs> they um, this is where we actually find out from Nancy's mum who Freddy Krueger is. So um, she's like, yeah, he was a child murderer. Um, he got out of like out of his jail term or whatever. He didn't get convicted because of a technicality. So me and a whole bunch of the parents hunted him down and burned him alive. Yeah, and the other thing that yeah. stands out to this that I think they changed in the remake from memory is that obviously it's implied that, like, oh, he's a child murderer. And it's obviously implied that he was more than just a child murderer. But I think maybe at the time when they made this one, they didn't want to, like, I think maybe the conversation was, like, Wes Craven being like, yeah, and the villain's like a, you know, like a kitty fiddler and uh, he's, like, killed all these kids and, like, he's super messed up and, like, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe it was, like, um, maybe we tone it down a little bit because that is just <laughs> super dark subject, which it is. But I think in the remake, they were like, I think in the remake, they go full into the, um, cause they, I think in the remake, they even have a flashback scene and show the, uh, the parents actually going and burning down his, uh, like where he is. And they, sh maybe I have seen the remake. Cause that sounds familiar. Yeah. Maybe you have, but it must've been, you know, like it came out in 2010. The yeah, remake, yeah. So like, I, I think, I feel like I've seen that because I remember there being a scene, yeah. like a little flash. They're like standing outside the and they throw Molotovs. And they go into and, the boiler room. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. So that's what they, they bind it, which, I mean, I think it's it's just like different sorts of roads. If you, if you think about this movie going full in on the dark Freddy storyline and fully exploring that, then I don't actually think it would have gone as popular because part of the reason that everyone loves Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Freddy to this day is that Freddy is like the the horror movie character that everyone likes which is that you hate him but also you're happy to kind of wear a shirt where he's on it or whatever and he got yeah he got to be um a horror icon people were were happy to buy merchandise for him and whatever else whereas if this movie back in the day had been like fully in on the uh the super darker timeline story then it's like i don't think the merchandising and uh potential sequels would have run up because maybe it would have been a really good horror movie and people would have still rated it highly but i just don't think it would have taken off and been like the cultural phenomenon because people wouldn't have been as happy to like wear freddy or support freddy yeah (laughs) like where'd you just take it like he killed kids you're like that's messed up but also because especially the sequels like played more into his more comedic side that it, it's kind of like yeah he killed kids but eh, like yeah like th- nothing more right he just killed them it's it's fine like it's not fine but, they don't but it's really fine talk about it that much either. yeah yeah i think that's all on purpose like, yeah. to play into like they wanted him yeah. to be a person you could hate to love type thing yeah which is important for the history of the franchise i guess yeah yeah absolutely and yeah freddy krueger is definitely my favorite you know, um, character in a horror series, and it's because he's good, campy fun. Yes, and he's just so, um, he's just such a jackass that I love it, and like the shit that he says, and I'm like, yeah, I love all his scripting. Like in the second one, when they're at the um, at the mental in- the mental institution, all the kids together are there. And he's in the TV and he like smashes the girl's head in and he's like, welcome to primetime, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I love that. I, like, you couldn't do that with any other horror movie like um, icon, yes. really. Yeah. Except for him. Yeah. And when you look at where he like ended up, the, like the, the final movie that um, Robert Englund ever played Freddy in was the uh, Jason vs. Freddy movie. And like, that's the, the epitome of, I think, um, what. It is the cult classic Freddy yeah. vs. Jason. <laughs> well, that's like the epitome of like much. that character because that 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 like seeing him in that is just like so many one-liners and things like to 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 the point that I don't like the movie because it's just too much like Freddy being Freddy and it's kind of the movie is just kind of a comedy more than anything else to a degree, and which I guess works in some ways like as super hardcore fans of the character you get to see all, him say all these zany one-liners and stuff but yeah like when, whenever i think about the that movie like that movie really does sum up the 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 freddy um history and lineage and whatever because it's just he became such a zany character and, he, and he, he has some stuff in this but really it's the sequels and uh as the movies continued they just added more stuff like he said like one-liners and and so on and so forth yeah He's just real, yeah. He's he's fantastic, and I haven't watched. Be- I've only watched one and two, but um, I've I've got. I'm gonna definitely watch the others because I've just looked at like the movie posters for them, and I'm like, oh well, I've got to watch that because that looks ridiculous. I actually think three and four are quite good. three and four play into one another. Like they carry over some characters, like they're kind of sequels to one another. So I don't mind those two, but the ones after that, I wasn't really. Oh, oh Wes Craven's 
new nightmare is like super meta but makes it so good where it's like the plot line is literally the the actress uh heather lang langham or whatever her name is like she's getting haunted in real life by a freddy like the actual actress and whatever <laughs> like it's super meta but it works <laughs> yeah it's weird oh that sounds interesting yeah, yeah. i haven't heard of that yeah that was the one where Wes Craven returned. Like he he didn't because he didn't do any of the sequels, but he returned to do that one. And it was like super meta. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, yeah he just did one yeah. and then was like sold it off. Yeah. And I was just like, it got so out of hand that it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Jason ended up in space, so it's like. <laughs> oh, I forgot how good like the Friday Thirteenth movies get. <laughs> like that, they just they get really out there. They, I think one of them six or something is like literally. Freddy's, uh, Jason's dead. And then the title after that is like, Jason's alive again, or Jason lives or something. It's like such like campy things. <laughs> and I think that's where those movies that have all of those massive franchises can get that weird. Yeah. Because it's fan service. Fans are like, I want to see it get as ridiculous as it possibly can. People kept paying. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this is probably my favourite death in any horror movie fucking ever. So if someone was to be, hey, Kat, what's your favourite horror movie murder death scene in the entire world? I'd be like Glenn's death in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Because of all the blood? Because it's just fucking so good. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah. So um, Nancy's on the phone to Glenn from across the street. He's in a badass crop shirt. He's in a cropped t-shirt. Yeah, I, I was going to make notes as well and just be like, shout out to this movie with the fact that it was kind of pushing ahead of the times. It's like, guy crop tops. Look, here we go. Good on you, Johnny Depp, for this I love one. It. Yeah. I'm all about it. I love. I just love dudes in crop tops. And this is such a good part of the movie as well, where um, Nancy's trying to call Glenn again. And... Freddy Krueger's tongue comes out the phone and he's like, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. I love that. (laughs) It's so good. And then, uh, so she's trying to get out of the house and mum's fucking trashed on the couch having a booze nap. (laughs) I think that's her every every evening. Oh, um, it's the first one, the first evening we see of it. And she's like, I've locked the house, you can't get out. And so this is where, like, the bed starts to, like, suck Glenn in. And I love the bit where he's, like, all in and then the TV just goes boom in, on yeah. top. It was one thing to drag him in, but the second it starts, like, dragging all the objects in as well, it's it's quite funny. I just love the TVs, like, the last... Ooh. There was just, like, thunder here. Oh. Horror movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm f- I'm actually flooded into my suburb, so I can't get out at the moment. Oh, Australia is really something. Yeah, this year. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm gonna get like murdered. Oh, it's gonna be like that horror movie with all the crocodiles in the water. Yeah, oh fuck! Uh, I like I that. I love crocodiles that though. I can't remember the name. I love crocodiles. Um. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't either. remember either. But I, I liked it. Swim. Swim? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so everything's getting sucked into the bed. And it's just this bit. It just starts off like a little... Splurt. 
And then it's like up on the fucking roof. And I'm just like, there is not that much blood in a human body. Not even close. But doesn't matter because it looks cool. But see, I wrote in our trivia section, over 500 gallons of fake blood was used, right? Nearly all So I reckon maybe 400 was used in this. Yep. At least. It's a lot. And the other 100 was in Tina's death. They use pretty... I think they use more blood in this one scene than some horror movies have in there. You know, like, you could not even come close to, you know, like, stacking up several other horror movies and the amount of blood. But it looks cool. It's just so good. It just looks so good. And they know it looks good because they like they don't they don't cut away from that shot for long. They're like, yeah, we're going to show you this blood coming out for a good like fifteen twenty seconds. You're going to watch just the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But I was just like, I would have had so much fun if I was the special effects person on that. Yeah, well, there was someone's job to sit there, hold, <laughs> and click, and go. <laughs> oh, I wish I was that person to hit that button, but alas, I was not born until nineteen eighty nine. So, missed out by five years. Damn. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, not to burst the bubble, but they still make blood effects in movies. So, because you know, if you're on a switch your <laughs> career, you can, you can, you can still be the button presser. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not going to put five hundred gallons of well, blood into a scene ever again. They might. Who's to say? I just remake that scene over and over I'm again. I'm sure they'll remake this freaking movie one day, so it's fine. Like, everything comes around again. Yes. I will. I'm in that recycle culture. Mm. I'll come I'll come press the button. Yeah. And then I love the bit where the cops come in, right? Because Glenn's dead. And there's, like, buckets set up around the house to, catch, to the like, catch the blood leaking through the like the floor. I was like, oh, yuck. And, like, Nancy calls up her dad, and he's all like, oh, just go to sleep. Just, yeah. And she's like, dad, dad, I'm going to have a dream. I'm going to catch, I'm going to bring Freddy Krueger out of the dream, and we're going to kill him, and you've got to be there when I wake up. Seven minutes, dad, be at my house. And he's like, yeah, babe, no, babe. Just go to sleep. I got you. Just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Just, I'll be there. And he's just so dismissive of her. And he gets off the phone and he's like, oh, just go watch the house in case something happens. Yeah. I'd- if I said that to my dad, he'd be he'd be there for the entire seven minutes. He wouldn't wait seven minutes and then go over. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why she trusts him because he does not sound convincing at all. <laughs> he's like, yeah, totally. Just go to sleep. And she's like, okay, but you'll be here. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, just go to sleep, sweetheart. Oh. All right, bye. And she's like, yeah, I totally trust my dad. He'll definitely be here. Yeah, Dad's going to be here. Yeah. Sweet. Dad's got my back. Well, Dad does not have your back. Not, a, not even close. What a fool. What a dickhead. <laughs> so, um, he obviously just thinks she's like a crazy teenager. Delusional. Yeah. And um, so she goes through the house and there's this badass montage of her setting up all these booby traps. And some of them are really complex. Yeah. she. Or they showed and early in the movie them, she was reading a book was the thing. She was reading, like, traps or something. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and, Gl- and Glenn's, like, points out. But I think it's when they go get lunch or something and there's, like, a... I think there's a there's a scene quickly where it's, like, only a minute or so long where they, they stopped to eat lunch on a bridge or something. I think it was, like, then that she's, like, got a book about something to do with traps or something like that. Yeah, so that, they, they they do have a throwaway moment to explain why she suddenly knows how to set up all these random elaborate booby traps, yeah. 
That makes sense because she gets like a sledgehammer from somewhere, and I was like, "What? Yeah, that's who, a, who that's the that's the most ridiculous one. She somehow manages to lift it. I don't know how. That's like tied to a tiny piece of rope or something, and the sledgehammer is <laughs> yeah, just like, like hanging above the door. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's <laughs> that's not a thing. I can buy the light bulbs and whatever the hell else, but like I live in a house full of women. Like I have two brothers. And, like, um, we were raised by my grandmother. And so there's just, like, that kind of shit just doesn't lay around our house. No. Like, maybe a normal house has all that shit, but I don't. I don't know where the hell... I've, I don't think normal... Most normal people own sledgehammers just randomly. I don't think that's a thing that just lays, <laughs> lays around, surely. I don't know. No. Just got one spare yeah, out Yeah, just out back in case. Yeah. Yeah, it's just odd, isn't it? But, um... Um. So she sets uh, up the traps and then she goes to sleep. Yeah. Yes, and she ends up in the, the basement. Yeah. The, at the school, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because she lures him out. Yeah. She she lures him out for a bit, and um, they get into a. Well, I mean, they just do a bit of a run around for a bit, but ultimately the the thing is that. Once she gets into a tussle with him. Well, because she knows she has, sev- like, she sets the alarm. She gives herself long enough to find him in the dream, but not too long to die in the dream. So that's why it's like she needs to find him. And then she, I think she runs around for a little bit. So it's like to kind of, because she knows the alarm's probably not going to go off soon. But then when I guess in her mind, she's like, surely the alarm will be going off soon. Then she has to, I guess, be in a fight with him so that when the alarm goes off, she's. She's got got him. him, yeah, yeah. So that's and yeah, that's because then she puts him in. He's locked in the. He she locks him in the basement. Yeah, and um, she goes and gets her dad, and they all come over. And when she gets there, she finds out that he's escaped. Yes, and um, that's where we see them go upstairs, and the mum is like, um, she's fried. Attacked. Well, yeah, she's getting attacked. Yeah. <laughs> She's fried. Yeah, well, she's getting attacked <laughs> at first, but then as soon as the 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 dad lifts the the covers off or whatever, she's literally just a a skeleton or whatever, basically. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's really. I mean, like, I have no affiliation with the parents. No, who keeps a shit about the parents in this movie? No one cares about the parents. No one cares about the parents in this movie. Unnecessary. That's no, fine. And the the weirder thing, and I saw, so I'm not a big fan of the end of this movie. I actually think it's the I, I just think it's too too weird, and they could have not had it has been so weird. Like they could have just done a proper ending and still like tease that Freddie lived, but they go like super ham into like because because the whole thing is like obviously it cuts straight away from her the mum dying to it's like suddenly a happy morning. The uh, the mum's no Nancy. Um, they have the moment where Nancy turns away and she's like, I don't believe in you. Yes. And he like disintegrates. Yeah. 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 And then that's it. Nothing happens after that. Yeah. And then they cut to her. Bye mom. I'm going to school. Yes. Which is. And everyone's alive and happy again. Which I think is silly because <laughs> I don't know. In my mind, I've never understood like the whole, I guess that, that it's, it's like trying to be, Oh, she doesn't believe in him. So then magically her mom, who was dead, like come back to life. I'm like, even if, even if you want to say like <laughs> Freddie 
dies if you don't believe in him. I'm like, but the other people are still dead. Like that, that, that like they're dead. They're not, <laughs> they're not coming back. So, but I've, I've never, any, even the first time I watched this movie, I never brought into the end of this movie as being real. So that's why I just think it's stupid because there's not. F- well, I kind of guessed it was a dream and that it was Nancy's dream. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, you know, all my friends are back and my mum's back. Yeah. And then her, and then they pan to those kids singing the iconic Freddy, yeah. um, one, one, two, two Freddy's coming, coming for you. Yep. Yeah. And then um, the mum gets sucked through the fucking Which is window great. on the door. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I forgot that happens. And then when I saw it today. Yeah, it's literally like a blow up fucking doll that they just like drag. Do- yeah. <laughs> great uh so funny the man, the man of like special effects where you just like really you think about like how they're done you're like it's just like a blob they're like dragging you through the, the thing and you can tell it is because like the whole body just goes like so like it doesn't move naturally like it's like her legs are like super stiff and everything like realistically you try to drag someone through a hole like that the, you, your legs are gonna like wrap around and block yourself from getting drag back or something so it just looks really weird but it's, imagine, it's a funny show imagine the the special effects team going to the sex shop and trying to like we need a blonde blow up doll yeah. um, for a movie about this high yeah. what movie oh Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. we're gonna suck it through a window and a door yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, what a ride. Look forward to watching that on straight to DVD, <laughs> straight to VHS. That's probably what they would have thought at the time. Yeah. And then, oh, but of VHS. course, yes. Yeah. Shout, shout out to VHS. Uh, yeah, but then the, also <laughs> the move. The, just like I, I don't like the whole. Yeah. So she gets sucked through, and then just the fact that it ends with the this, them jumping, and then the, the car like takes off by itself, and it's like very cartoony with the fact that it has um the Freddy like stripes come over the top. Uh, and all that. I don't know. I, I think the ending's a lot more cartoony than anything else in the, the movie. So I just don't think it's particularly, cause I, it's supposed to be like obviously scary and like haunting and like you can't really outrun Freddy. Like he's always going to live forever and get you kind of thing. But I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of silly. I've always thought it was silly. It's the, 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 I'd say it's the worst part of the movie is actually the ending. Like not that it ruins the rest of the movie, but just. I just like better. the skipping girls because they're at the start of the yeah. film when Tina is in her first dream and they're um and they are skipping and singing that as well. Yeah, they are haunting. And then there's like references Pardon? They are haunting the little girls. Yeah, I just I enjoyed that there's like little moments where they're in it or that nursery rhyme is in the film. Yeah. But yeah. Overall, how do you feel about A Nightmare on Elm Street? Watching it again as like um, I think I've seen it enough times now that I don't think like like if you're in the mood for a proper scare, it's, uh, I think a lot of these older horror movies like this and even all the Fridays and whatever else we've mentioned, I don't think you'd ever watch them for a proper scare. You watch them because they're just like comfort. Like there's nothing scared. Like I wasn't never scared watching this. I know everything that happens or whatever, but that's kind of just the interesting thing about when you any horror movie that you hear someone say is like their favorite horror movie they're never actually scared by it anymore which is also always the interesting thing but then it's like that kind of weird dichotomy where like if you really love a horror movie and you've, you've watched it so many times to the point that you're completely 
safeguarded to any and all jump scares or scares or like gruesome parts or what what be it and you're like this is great and you just get to watch this comfort food but then if you try and show someone your favorite horror movie and they've never seen it before and that they suddenly are scared but you're you don't get to enjoy that anymore because horror movies like the more you watch them the more it like wears on you which is interesting because like if you're like oh this is my favorite action movie or like a dramatic film or whatever like i feel like all the moments in different genres still kind of hit whereas horror movies the more you watch them the more they they wear kind of which is a weird thing of horror movies so like yeah i really enjoyed watching it again but um it is just one of those the the, the, the pluses and negatives where it's just some of the other stuff comes across comedic i guess and that the, that's not just this film that is like all older uh oh, horror yeah. movies yeah so i really enjoyed watching it's it like yeah this- yeah for me it's just like a nostalgic like oh i love this bit oh i love this part of the script oh i love this scene oh i love that 500 gallons of blood on the ceiling like that's what it is for me it's not necessarily whether i love it or hate it and even though like a nightmare on elm street's like up there is one of my favorites one of my other like a couple of my favorites are like american psycho and um the evil dead and um like, I've watched The Evil Dead so much that now I see it as a comedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are. It's basically a comedy from the second one onwards. They so. are hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And my dad thinks they're terrifying. I was like, what? And dad's like, yeah, you know that bit? And I was like, what bit? And he's like, when all their faces change. And I was like, oh, Dead by Dawn. Dad, that's not that's funny. <laughs> what do you mean? You're crazy. But um, I'm probably, yeah, my, my siblings all hate horror movies. And I'm one of six. So... <laughs> Oh and I'm just like, I said to my brother yesterday, oh, Ross, do you like horror movies? He's like, uh, no, 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 I don't. And I was like, oh, you're boring. Yeah. No one in my family likes horror movies either, so always like family movie nights. And it, oh, that, that's lucky. My, my. No, horror, like. No? It's no, not lucky? No, yeah, no, it's fine. Oh. We watch, um, she'll, she'll get me to watch like paranormal movies with her and I'm like, ooh. I was, like I like them, but they're the ones that really like get my blood yeah. pumping. They're they're still the ones. As I was like saying, it's, it's funny. Like I start this talking about how this movie scared me so much as a kid, and now I'm like so so tame to it. But um, yeah, the the genre of horror that still like will just I'll be like I need to be accepting that this is going to scare me. It's just pa- anything paranormal still, like all those insidious movies and whatever else over the last, you know, like within like the, if I was thinking of the movies that scared me the most over the last 10 years, it's like all of those, um, the, the ghost ones that came out of, um, James Wan directed stuff and, um, Oh, the conjuring. Yeah. The conjurings and all the insidiouses and all of those ones. Like I like the exorcism movies. I love exorcism. The exorcism of Emily Rose scared the absolute living shit out of me when I watched that for the first time. (laughs) Oh really? Yeah. I loved it. It's funny. This, this was, I was gonna watch it the other night, and I was like, yeah. "Um, oh, maybe not before I go to no. sleep." There's that one shot where she's like walking down the street, and she like passes this like woman or whatever, and then suddenly turns like to a, a ghastly face, like looking at her, and she like jump. Like I remember oh. the first time I watched that. Oh, I couldn't handle it. I'm pretty sure I was scared the first time I watched yeah. it, but now I'm like, "Oh, I really, really like this movie," and it's based on a true story. Yeah, that's so. what makes all these ghost ones worse. <laughs> Anytime they're like, it's based yeah. on a true story, you're like, no. I said it to Betts and I was like, oh, I'm normally desensitized to like some ghost movies, like Amityville Horror, now I can watch and that's fine. Um, some paranormal activities, the ones that I've already seen are fine. But like, The Conjuring fucks with me. Mm. 
What's well, <laughs> that? All those movies. I watch them all. That like uh, the Annabelle's and like all those the, the spin-offs and whatever else. I refuse to watch Annabelle. Well, I refuse. Freaky doll. No. <laughs> Oh, my grandma tells me, my grandma went on a, a road trip out to see my sister who lives in Young, which is out near Wagga Wagga, and on her way home she stopped in at Monte Cristo in Junie, and there's a lady at Monte Cristo who has a doll museum. Oh, yuck. And I was like, no, grandma. Yeah, no, I, wait, I wouldn't go into it. And grandma's like, oh, it's fantastic. I was like, no fucking no. way. No, no. No, it's not fantastic. I agree. Fuck that. Mortifying. <laughs> And mind you, like, it's in a haunted house. Like, the most haunted house in Australia. And then you want to put dolls in there? No. Like, are you a psychopath? I don't want to say oh. your grandma's a psychopath, but... <laughs> my, grandma's, my grandma's the... No, I meant the lady who put the oh. dolls in the haunted house. I think anyone wants to go <laughs> in. Also my, also my grandma. <laughs> I don't want to hear me say that. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Sorry. I can run faster than her anyway. <laughs> That's the secret. Um, <laughs> uh, so to wrap up our little um, our little conversation about a Nightmare on Elm Street, what's the last horror movie you watched? Last? What'd you watch? And you can't say a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. No, it was um that. Should have uh, quickly. I forgot it. Right as I'm going to say it. It's fine. You can edit this. I'll find it real quickly. <laughs> Uh, no, you're right. It was uh, Relic, that one that came on on Stan okay. uh, recently, the Australian one. Um, the one about dementia. Yes, that one. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, I think it's okay. Like, um, I yeah. gave it a. S- My grandma really wants to watch it. I gave it a seven, so like that's. It's, it's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to watching. Um, so that's the last one I watched. The, the next one I plan on watching, even though that's not the question. But I'm excited to watch that one now that we've got Shudder, the the one they recorded in um, uh, Host or whatever it's called. The one they've recorded in uh, Oh, yeah. Lockdown. Yeah. That's on my list. Yeah. I've got that in Goodnight Mummy. I'm watching Goodnight Mummy tonight. Yeah, I'm going to... Because um, Buddy's like, oh, you got you got to watch it. Tell me what you think. And I'm like, okay. I was going to watch it last night, but there's subtitles and I would have fallen asleep, <laughs> so... Yeah, that's fair. I would have been like, good night. That's fair. Yeah, um, so Relic. I actually watched Get Out. Oh, yeah, have you seen that before? Was that a first time? No, I um, I just hadn't gotten around to watching yeah. it, and uh, I finally watched it. Like it? And it is really good. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it. It would, um, I just really loved how like white it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, it really made you go, "Holy shit, this is really what white people are like." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is yeah. this is what I voted like. for Obama. <laughs> Pardon? It's the part where he's like one dude's like I voted for oh. Obama. Like it's it's so funny. Like, I'd vote for him for a I'd fourth time for him if I could. Time. Yeah, like I have a black friend. Like it's all the like the the white fragility. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's amazing. It's great. Have you seen us it's before? Fantastic. Or have you not watched either of his? No, okay. um, because it's got like a bit of a home invasion vibe. I'm a little bit off it. Oh, I really don't like. Um. Uh, I can't. Home invasion films really scare me. That's right. Um, I watched. Um. Yeah. You ever watch, so you never watched The Strangers then? Because I that scared. Oh, I've seen them. Okay. Because that like it scared the that shit. That movie scared the me. shit out of me. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. Uh, and it's a real and it's a really good movie. Yeah. It's just the um, impact it had on me afterwards that made me go, "Ooh, I don't 
I can't do that. I would say I was only saying because I I really like Get Out, but I actually think I actually think Us is um a better movie. I I will say this if it helps you watch it or the the trailer if you've watched it like that's literally only from like the first twenty minutes of the movie, and although it's like this not to spoil anything, but like it's not actually a home invasion movie. Like not it, it it starts that, but. I just to spoil like the first 20 minutes, they are not locked into that. Like the time that movie moves outside the house quite quickly. Like, oh, thank yeah, God. Yeah. So if you, if you can, <laughs> if you can make through like that first home invasion type part, and I suppose it'll help you to now know going in maybe that like they, we're going to move outside of this. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes, yeah. Cause if it's like a strangers no. where she's like stuck in the house. Ha- yeah. No. I, yeah. I don't know what it is about them. It's, it's because it's realistic. Real. Like, it happens to people. If I'm not expecting someone at home and they hear a knock at door like late night, you're like, the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it's, like the purge. I can't even watch the purge. The first one was fucking scared me as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I've watched the first one. Actually, I think I watched like 30 minutes of the first one and I was like, oh, no, fuck yeah. this. They're locked in the house and people are trying to get in. Yeah. I can't do this. The Purge is like a weird franchise because the first one scared me a lot and then this, I think every, I've watched all the sequels but the sequels to me fit that whole like thriller slash action thing rather than a horror movie. Like it's just more. Yeah, maybe I'd be able yeah. to watch them. Because they're, they're, they're always on the move and they're mostly outside unless they're like ducking into like shops or something. Like they're not actually set. Whereas the, ha- the first one's like all inside the house type thing. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to like protect your home and protect yourself. Like that just does my head yeah. in. I can't. I'm, yeah, maybe I need to talk to my therapist about that. <laughs> just so I can watch home invasion movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I want to be able to watch horror. She'll probably be like, what? Yeah. Why do you want to watch that for? <laughs> look, I'm paying you. You need to help me. <laughs> lady, lady, I pay you $220 yeah. a month. Therapist. Help me watch me. the horror movies I want to um, watch. <laughs> what am I paying you for? <laughs> She'd be like, Let's uh let's talk about your anxiety <laughs> instead. No, I get anxious. You're like about my anxious. Home yeah, my anxiety movies. is I can't watch the movies I want to watch, too, lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I want to say a big, huge thank you for coming on and talking about mine and your first ever horror movie. No problem. It's been awesome. It's been fun. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Let's go through. It's um. I really like pulling apart horror movies. It's good fun. I mean, I like pulling apart any sort of movies, to be honest, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely um, a Twitter account that I look out for when it comes to movies and whatnot. So please um, tell listeners where we can find you. Yeah, you can find that said Twitter on Twitter at Vivaladil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. And then, yeah, if you want to hear me, uh, if you want to re- read my Relic review... And anything else I've done, go to explosionnetwork.com.